God, we love you. We give you thanks, we give you praise for all that you are and all that you have done and all of the, all of the blessings that you have given us, God. God, even, even this morning as we look towards Easter, would we begin to feel a burden? Would our hearts begin to ache for our surrounding neighborhood and those who don't know you? God, would we begin to build up the, the courage and the boldness to go out and to, to speak to our neighbors, to go out and to be in our neighborhood, to invite them in, and to invite them uh, to our Easter service, to invite them to know you, God, and just to be able to, to share our faith and to be able to uh, just reach our community. God, you have placed us in this community for a reason. And so, God, I just pray that you would, you would embolden us and empower us to go out and to make a difference in this neighborhood. God, this morning, though, I, I pray that here in this place that you would continue to move, continue to speak, continue to be here. God, would you speak through me this morning? Would the words that come out of my mouth not be, not be my words, but would they be your words for your people on your day? God, we do this for you. This is all for you. God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well... This morning, uh, we are going to be starting a new series. I'm excited about it uh, as we kind of lead into Easter. Uh, we're going to be traveling through 1 John, uh, and I just I want to preface this. We're going to spend four weeks in 1 John, uh, and this is not enough time to cover everything in 1 John. I just want to put that out there. Uh, we're probably not going to get through all of 1 John. We're not going to go verse by verse through 1 John. We're going to... We're going to see kind of the themes of what John is telling us in this book as we lead into Easter. Because what John is talking about in 1 John is love and life and light. And if there is anything that, that brings us more, makes us more aware of our need for Easter, it is, it is these three things, as we talk about these three things, love, life, and light. And so, so John really, really focuses on these three things. I'm going to kind of focus the series on these three themes as well. The underlying theme here, though, in the book of 1 John is love. Love is kind of written throughout the entire thing. It is kind of his, his underlying thing that he talks about throughout the book of 1 John. And he gives us kind of, a, kind of insight into what it is to love God and what it is to know that God loves us. Love is kind of one of these uh, convoluted things in our world and in our language. Love is interesting, right? It's, it's almost overused in our culture. Right, I think if we, it describes our feelings about a lot of things. And just do this for me. Take out your notes page and just write down three or four things or think about three or four things that you love. Right, here, here's my list as you do that. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love sports. I love steak. I got an amen for steak. All right, that's good. All right. I love ice cream. Right, I, I love... A lot of things. I, I love the beach. I love just the atmosphere there. I love, I love the beach. There's a lot of things that I love. And oh, by the way, I love God. The same word, completely different meaning. I, I don't love ice cream in the same way that I love my wife. And I don't love football in the same way that I love God. 
But, but we don't really have words to talk through all of, all of the, this means, right? We don't have the, we just know the word love. And I think it's kind of a place where our language doesn't really do us justice as we talk about love. And so one of the reasons uh, when we talk about God's love for us and our love for Him, I think sometimes it gets a little confusing because we have our own definition of love. We have our own kind of love, if you will. And we kind of push that on to God as we talk about God being love. For some people, God being love, we say God is love. And what that means for a lot of people is God is nice. God means well for me. There's, there's a difference there. To say that God is love doesn't necessarily mean that God is nice. It doesn't necessarily mean that all of these other insights that we kind, of, we kind of play on to that. To say that God is love is to say something very specific. And I think John gets to that in the book of 1 John. He gets to what that specific thing is. God is love. And I think it's important for us during this series to shed some light on God's love for us and our love for for God. That's kind of the underlying theme of 1 John here. So uh, as you turn there, 1 John chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to spend time just the first four verses this morning. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. If you're in one of our pew Bibles on page 1054, uh, and as you're turning there, just, a, just some quick context. You know, I like to give that to you. A little, a little quick context of 1 John. 1 John is written by John, right? Uh, it's written by the Apostle John. John has actually written uh, five of the books in our New Testament. He has written the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation, which we just finished talking about for seven weeks, right? And so uh, this is the same John. There's actually a, uh, if you want to uh, have some fun with your friends today, if they ask you, what did you talk about at church, and what have you been talking about at church, there's a, there's a theological word here for all that John wrote. It's called the Joanine Corpus, right? So uh, at the, uh, if someone asks you what you've been doing at church lately, you can say, man, we've just been taking a really deep dive into the Joanine Corpus. And they'll just look at you like, what are you talking about? But that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we've been looking in Revelation. We're looking in 1 John. It's the same author. Uh, it is this letter of 1 John is written to believers, not a specific set of believers, uh, just believers. We don't have a specific set of believers that he's written this to, which leads us to believe that this is actually a circular letter, that this was written to a lot of believers or all the believers. And if it's a circular letter, then there is a decent reason to believe that the churches that we just talked about for seven weeks also received this letter at some point. All right, just, just to give you a little insight into, into this specific letter. At this, at this time, Gnosticism is a big deal. and A lot of people speak into Gnosticism, and here's what that means. There is a belief, and we talked about this kind of a few times over the last seven weeks at will, in, in which the soul and the body are different things. You can do whatever you want in the body. You can live however you want. As long as you believe and know that your soul is right, you will be saved. That's this Belief. It doesn't matter what we do or how we live as long as we believe the right things. John speaks directly against that in this book. This is, uh, this is just, just a really quick overview of 1 John there, but I want to I just get going. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read the first four verses, and that's where we're going to stop today. We'll continue on next week. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. It's a lot of ones. 
but that's all right. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. I want you to notice right up front here, just listen to the language, notice all the we's and ours. There is a, there is a group of people that he is talking about here. I want you to, if you didn't notice it before, I'm going to read it again. I want you to just take notice of all the we's and us and, and, and the collective language here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Who is this we, us, our? Who are we talking about here? Well, John is, is one of the apostles. He's one of the 12. We could be talking about the 12 apostles here. We could be talking about kind of the leadership of the church here. There is definitely, a, uh, there's definitely people here. But here's, here's what I want you to notice here. These apostles, these contemporaries of John, they're saying, listen, listen to what I'm saying here. We've seen it with our eyes. These are eyewitnesses to everything that happened in the, in the ministry of Jesus. They were there for the ministry of Jesus. They were there when he died. They were there when he was buried. They were there when he rose. They were there when he commissioned them to go and make disciples of all nations. They were there when he ascended and when he went into heaven. They were there. We have seen it with our eyes, they said. We've, we've, we've touched it with our own hands. John is saying, what I'm about to write to you I know about. I know what I'm talking about here. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I touched it with my own hands. I, I know what I'm talking about. And if you don't believe me, there is more than just me. This is an us thing. This is a we thing. There are a lot of people who saw this. There are a lot of people who touched this. There are a lot of people here who would agree with what I'm about to tell you here. This is kind of the qualifying statement here from John. Look, look, we have seen this. We have touched this. What I'm saying is you can trust me. You can trust what I'm about to write. So what, what is it that these people have seen and heard and touched? What, what is this thing? Because it sounds like a thing. It sounds like a concept. right? He says in verse 1, it's, it is we proclaim this Concerning the word of life. The word of life. It sounds like a concept. But how do you touch a concept? See, the word of life is not just a concept for John. This is a person. And this language that he uses is not actually different from any language that he uses in the Gospel of John. He's talking about Jesus here. 
John talks about Jesus, and he gives him this name, the Word, a lot. It's actually how he introduces Jesus in his gospel. If you want to go back there with me, John chapter 1, starting actually at verse 1. Another bunch of ones here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you skip down with me, verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He makes it clear here I'm talking about Jesus. Right? This is in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, even in the Gospel of John, these three themes that we're going to talk about in 1 John already appear. Love, light, life. They are all right here, even in just the first five verses. These, this is how John talks about Jesus. But Jesus is the Word. And in 1 John, he says, we're proclaiming this concerning the Word of life. Jesus is the Word of life. He's the one who, who brings a message about life. He's uh, about what it's about and how we experience. But not a, it's not just a message. Jesus himself is life. Jesus himself is life. He's where life is found. So if you go back to 1 John, if you turn to John with me, if you didn't, then just stay in 1 John. 1 John, verse 2, he's talking about the word of life. The life appeared, and we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We go from the word of life to now talking about eternal life. I want to just... just quickly kind of talk about eternal life, what it means, what it doesn't mean. Here's, here's essentially what eternal life is. I, I want to pause here because I think people have maybe a limited view of eternal life because here is the common view on eternal life, that it is something that happens after we die. We live this life, we die, and at that moment, we begin to live forever. I think it's kind of a, a short-sighted view of eternal life, right? If you live your life now and, and you have faith and trust in Jesus, then you'll receive eternal life at that point, right, at death. But mostly I think it's just a, a quantitative thing at that point. Yeah, we, we receive life res not restricted, life not limited. But if we only see it that way, I think we limit ourselves. We limit the scope of, of what eternal life is. And we have this idea of eternal life that's just eternal life is just out there, that's just something that we receive someday. It's a prize that we get when we die. I think that's, that's okay, but it's disconnected from, from the right now. Eternal life isn't disconnected from right now. It's eternal. Eternal is not just Eternal doesn't start at some point and go into the future. Eternal is eternal. It's like 
talking about inf- the number infinity starting at a certain number. It just it doesn't happen. If it's eternal, it's eternal. If we have eternal life, we have it now. And this is the kind of life that John is talking about. He's talking about an eternal life that, doesn't, that isn't just out there hanging somewhere. It isn't just out in the distance something. Something we hope for. Something we hope to receive someday. Eternal life to John is something that happens right now. It is something that is here. This eternal life has, has appeared. It's, it was with the Father and it's appeared to us, he says. This is eternal life. Now again, he's talking about life as Jesus Jesus is eternal life. If we want eternal life, where do we go? We go to Jesus. He's talking about a present reality. That eternal life is here and that you can experience it now. And this isn't just some some far-fetched idea that John has. Again, we go back to what he said at the beginning. Look, I I have seen Jesus. I have heard Jesus. I have touched Jesus. Jesus. I was there in his ministry. Well, what may have he heard Jesus say in his ministry about eternal life? Well, let's look in John's gospel. John chapter 12, if you want to go there. John chapter 12, starting at verse 25. Might be a familiar verse, maybe not. I just want to, we'll just talk about it real quick. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now again, this is where our language fails us a little bit. Because there are a couple words here for life. And there are two specific words that are used in this one passage about life. Here's the, the first word for life is suke. It's not spelled like S-U-K-E. It's like a P-S, some other stuff. (laughs) Suke. This kind of life is basically just the basic human experience. Any relationships, good or bad, that's suke life. Any experiences, good or bad, that's Suke life. Man, I love my life. Suke life. All of basic, the basic human experience is suke life. This word in the Greek is used for the first two times of life. This, this, if you love your life, let's read this again. Anyone who loves their life, their suke life, their human experience, will lose it. While anyone who hates their life, which is just an interesting phrase there, in this world will keep it for eternal life. This last life, though, is not just any, it's not, a, not the normal human experience kind of life that we're talking about here. This last word for life that John uses here is the word zoe. I know how to spell that one if you want to write it down. Z-O-E, right? Zoe life. This is the kind of life that is the kind of life that only God can give. This is an incorruptible kind of life. This is, this is the kind of life that, that only God can live. And it's not only just that kind of life, it is an eternal one of those lives. It is an eternal life. It is incorruptible kind of life. It is a divine kind of life. It is an indestructible 
kind of life. No one can give or take this life except for God. This is a God kind of life. This is a life only God can give. And he's saying, look, if you, if you love your life, your human experience kind of life, you will lose it. If you hate your life, which we can talk about what that means in a second, you will gain eternal life. Eternal life. And, and I love this because he doesn't say you're going to exchange it for eternal life. What does he say here? If you, if you hate your life in this world, you will keep it for eternal life. You will keep it. You will, you will keep this life and also receive the Zoe life. This eternal life. Eternal life isn't something that starts later on down the road. That's not something that happens at some point after we die. This is a life that we get right now. And by hate, he's not, he's not kind of talking about kind of just the self-depreciation kind of, oh man, I hate my life. My life stinks. My life's so hard. If you, just, if you do that, then you're just going to receive eternal life. No, no, no. By, if you hate your life, he's saying if you care more about the life to come than you do right now. If you care more about the life that I can give than the life that you have right now. If your focus is not so much on this life but the next, you'll receive eternal life. Eternal life. I mean, this kind of life. I mean, aren't, you, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't stop at the first half of that sentence? If you, if you love your human experience, you will lose it. But if you hate your human experience, or, or just even that first half, if you love your human experience, you will lose it. I, I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't just stop at this suke kind of life. There is more to life than this. There is, there, is, there is more to life than just the human experience that we have now. There is a life that only God can give. There is a life that is a gift from God that lasts for eternity, that is a gift from Him. A life that only Jesus can give and a life that we can only get from Jesus. If we give our life to Him and surrender our life to Him and the life He gives back is an eternal life. It's not an eternal life that starts down there. It's an eternal life that starts right here, right now. Amen. There's, a, there's a, a book that I've read and it says, uh, well, it's by Shane Kipps. And here's what he says about eternal life. He says, think about these two kinds of life that Jesus is talking about like the ocean. He's talking about suke life and zoe life. The surface of the sea is ever-changing. Sometimes it's calm and serene. Life is great. Sometimes the surface of the ocean is, is changing and violent. It threatens to capsize anything on the surface, a.k.a. life is not going as we intended. But beneath the surface of the ocean lies this vast and deep ocean. It is, the, it is this vast and deep ocean that is this zoe aeon, this life eternal it coexists with life on the surface, but it is profoundly different, unseen by those who sit on the surface and ride the waves, but it is deep, it is vast, and it is profound. 
See, some people live their entire lives on the surface of the sea. They live their entire lives not realizing that there is a vast and deep ocean just right below the waves. It's this kind of life that John is talking about. This eternal life that is a gift that we can receive. Let's continue on here. Page, or not page. First John chapter 1, we'll go down to verse 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Again, he goes back to this. What have we seen and heard? We've seen and heard about the word of life, eternal life. Remember, we've seen this. Verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, and that, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. We write this to make our joy complete. What is this joy that he's talking about here? I think here's the thing about joy. Joy cannot be experienced by pursuing joy. It's kind of ironic, but it's not true. Joy cannot be experienced by the pursuit or through the pursuit of joy. I mean, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about those who are blessed. What does he say? Blessed are those who, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's a, a translation of this blessed, which is, relates to joy. People are not pursuing joy, but joy is the byproduct of, of pursuing something else. And I think John would say this, that this joy that he's experiencing here is a joy that comes by pursuing someone else. By pursuing Jesus, by pursuing the person of Jesus Christ and having fellowship with him. And he's inviting these believers that he's writing to to have this same fellowship. And his joy is not complete until they do. Think about that. I just want to read that we proclaim to you that which you've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. What would make his joy complete is this everyone would have the same fellowship with Jesus Christ that he has. That's what joy looks like for John. I want to just, just put this all together for a second. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. Think about who Jesus is. Jesus is not just the messenger who has come to tell us about eternal life. Jesus is eternal life himself. We find eternal life in the person of Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus is that reality. He is the Zoe Aeon, the eternal life, the kind of life that only God can give. This is who he is. He is the embodiment of that. He's the embodiment of that. Right, there's, a, there's another uh, passage in John. I think John chapter 17. 
Verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is again John, John chapter 17, verse 3. This is eternal life. This is actually Jesus praying. He's praying, even I'll start at verse 1. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. This is eternal life, that they would know you. Again, where is eternal life found? Eternal life is found in nowhere else other than the person of Jesus Christ. It's found in Jesus. See, when we stop, that Jesus is, is John is saying here, don't, don't fall in love with your suke life. Fall in love with me, and you will have life eternal. Another John passage, I did not come so that you would have, he wants to give life to the fullest, life in abundance. Life eternal. It comes from God. And when we're no longer looking and, and kind of looking at our, our fragile elements of our suke life, when, when there's something beneath the surface, something deeper and vast and profound, when we, can, when we can find and search for those things, be passionate about those things and seek those things, then what do we get in our lives is we get joy. Joy from the fellowship that we have in Jesus Christ. question for you this morning. Have you found the Zoe Aeon, the eternal life? Which life are you seeking? Which life are you chasing? Which life are you pursuing? Are you pursuing the, the, the suke kind of life? The human experience kind of life? Or is there something deeper? Something more profound? Something more God-like that you're pursuing, that you're chasing. See, eternal life is not just something out there. Eternal life is not just something we receive someday out in the distance that we can look forward to. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've given your life to him, if you have committed and said, Jesus, I want to live for you. I surrender my life. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. I surrender all of me. And I want to be yours. If that is a prayer that you have made, then eternal life is right now. Amen. Eternal life did not, doesn't start later on. Eternal life is here. It is right now because Jesus is here right now with you. You have the Spirit of God within you. Eternal life is now. Jesus says, I, I, I am eternal life. If you haven't made that decision and said, Jesus, I surrender everything to you. I give it all to you. If you've been holding on to this suke kind of life, 
this human experience life, the life that, that does end at some point. And I just want to invite you to, to take this gift of eternal life to pursue Jesus and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I surrender all to you. I surrender everything to you. And Jesus gives back eternal life. There is no better trade in existence. You can tell me, I'm trading my life, my, my human experience life, my life that is going to end at some point, who knows when, for eternal life with you, I'm in. I'm in. First John, I just want to read this again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. No better way to start a series, to start a book, than trying to think about what am I pursuing? Which life am I chasing? Which life am I after? That's what I want you to think about this week. Which life am I pursuing? Which life am I chasing? Which life am I going after? My prayer would be that you are seeking and chasing after Jesus. That you're seeking him. That you're chasing after this person. This, this, the person of Jesus Christ who comes to, to take the sins of the world. Who comes to save you from your sins. This Jesus Christ who came and, and lived the life that we couldn't live. Died the death that we deserve to die so that we might live how eternally with him. This same Jesus Christ, may he be the focus. May he be the pursuit. May you chase after him and his will for your life. I love this book, First John. And here's, here's another challenge for you. There are ten verses in chapter one. Memorize those ten verses over the next four weeks. Something to, something to just challenge you for. Memorize those ten verses over the next four weeks. It's going to be just a, it'll be a good thing to have in your head all the time. So let's pray and um, we'll get going. God, we love you. We give you thanks. We give you praise for all that you've done. God, as we kind of soak in this, this word over the next week. Would you challenge us and shape us? Would you show us which life we're pursuing? And would we pursue eternal life? Would we pursue you? May that be the heartbeat of who we are that we would know you, that we would chase you, pursue you, that we would try to live more and more like you, that we would be shaped into, the, into your image, that we would reach people for you, God. Would you be the focus of our lives? This week, God, may we, as in Hebrews chapter, as in Hebrews, fix our eyes 
on you. You are the author. You are the perfecter of our faith. God, may we chase you this week and pursue you this week. Would you go ahead of us? Be in our workplaces. Be in our homes. Wherever we may find ourselves, God, that we would make a difference for you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As you stand, would you just uh, hold your hands out and just receive this blessing from God? May our God, God of grace and peace, our God who gives the eternal life, may he go with you this week, challenge and shape and guide and direct you. May he give you the courage and boldness to make a difference for him wherever you may find yourselves. Go in the peace of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning.